0: What's your dream? What's your goal? What's your motivation? What's important to you? What's your passion? What can you do to change the world? This is What's Involved. Conversations with thought leaders and changemakers from around the world. Hear stories of hope and inspiration to help motivate people like you to live your life, find your passion, and live your dream. Together, we can all bring positive change to our world. Now, here's your
1: host, David Watts. And once again, it is What's Involved. Now, every now and again on the show, um, we, we take a bit of a detour and uh, we look at things other than uh, motivation, inspiration, business, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. This episode is one such because a book came across my desk a little while ago and I thought, okay, this is interesting. And i got to tell you, I was absolutely hooked. And I thought, why not? I'll share the book with you guys. You can decide what you think as well. The book is called On the Devil's Trail, How I Hunted Down the Krugersdorp Killers by Ben Bluxem Boyson.
2: Hello, Ben. Welcome. Thank you very much. I appreciate it.
1: It's lovely to have you on the show with us. Now, generally, when we start off these kind of things, what I like to do is find out a little bit more about my guests, a little bit more. Uh, about their background. Now, naturally, with the nickname "Bluxom" in there, uh, I'd like to figure out where that came from. So, tell me a little bit about Ben. You know, where you grew up? Did you always want to be in the in the police force? Those kind of things.
2: Yeah, I uh, grew up in the whole of 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 uh, the old Transvaal and Mpumalanga um, and Western Transvaal. It's now Gauteng and uh, Northwest. So my father used to work on the mine. So I was in 14 different schools, um, some way along the line in my school career. And eventually uh, I got fed up, left school, stand at nine and uh, became a cop. And um, yeah, and I was more difficult from small. So my uh, mother's uncle started calling me Ben Blackson because I always did the wrong thing at the wrong time and um, found it by myself, you know, to to do stuff. And uh, yeah, and it, it went into the police force, but in the police force, I got that nickname uh, because uh, of other stuff that I did. So yeah, um, that is my, where the Ben Bluxem is coming from.
1: Well, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting surname, and I'm sure one that, uh, as you say, has been with you for a long time. So, so Ben... What made you want to be a policeman, though? I mean, if you've you've grown up uh, in, in in sort of uh, various parts uh, of the country, where did you decide? Okay, police—that's the way I want to do.
2: I, I always say that when when um, children got um, injured uh, by other children and bullied and. Um, and yes, uh, I saw a little bit of of anger also in some of my family members um, where women was assaulted and children were assaulted. And uh, it stuck to me and I didn't like it. And then I eventually decided I need to become a cop and send people like that to jail.
1: All right. And, and I mean, I'm, I'm just guessing, just having read about you, I, I haven't met you personally yet, but... Um, once you, once you were, were in the police, was it, was it all plain sailing? I mean, if I recall in those days, you, you had to do sort of very much like a a basic training kind of thing, didn't you?
2: Yeah. When you go into the police, you do a basic training of six months, but it differs. Sometimes it's a year, sometimes it's six months. Um, I think currently it's more than two years. You go in and out the college, um, before becoming a, a real policeman, yeah, and it is—it's uh, difficult in the old days. You know, you—you you didn't have the um, opportunity to to question um, people telling what to do, and um, yeah, and uh, you know, for me, with um, my experience and stuff that I had in life, I question a lot. Um, if I don't like something. I, I'll ask questions, and then you need to prove me right. Um, so yeah, it, it was difficult for me in the beginning of my of my police career.
1: Yeah, I think back I think back to when uh, I was because I was I was in the military, and it was uh, the good old days as well when you when you had to do two years of of national service. And I remember um, getting into a lot of trouble when I started asking questions and but why and explain this and. There was many times I had to run and get leaves from trees and then it was the long wrong leaf from the wrong... Yeah, I know that story. So, Ben, you got into the police and and your, your police career was... It, it was a good one. Um, how did you end up, though, in a place where you got to take on this particular case? Yeah,
2: when I came into the police, um, I went to the right units And um, then I went to the reaction units that was part of the riot units. Um, But we didn't actually just fight riots. We also went and took out terrorists and found bombs and all that kind of stuff. And eventually um, I decided I need to become a detective because, um, you know, this was actually boring every day doing the same thing. And um, then I became a detective. I went to detective course in 1987. And um, then I was a, a normal detective because I didn't want to go to a space unit. Because in the old days, um, at the normal detectives, you you, you learn to investigate everything. Um, child abuse, fraud, assault, murder, robbery. Um, and then eventually, I think in 2000, I went to organized crime. And organised crime eventually became um, the walks that they are today. And um, yeah, and I had uh, a fallout with my commander at at the walks, and um, I left the office, so to say, and uh, moved in with my wife at at the the province. And uh, then Brigadier Victor was asking around for a. uh, investigating officer that can can lead this this task team um, to do this investigation and my name came up and he found me and I said yes I will do it but um, I'm not working in a task team um, I work alone because too much evidence gets lost with it. too much um, policemen are involved and yeah eventually um I got all the cases and I, I did it on my own. My wife is still in the police force, is uh, full colonel uh, on the West End.
1: Okay, which explains the connection to,
2: to the West Rand.
1: So you said to the guys that uh, you, you're going to take on this case alone because um, of, of the evidence, et cetera, et cetera. Was there a history in, the, in this particular case that we're talking about um, of sort of police bungling it up, messing it up?
2: I think in 2012, um, the people that was involved in in the investigation at that stage, um, there was a certain colonel that was put in charge of them. And um, I think they much um, more tended to the the devil's thing on this, you know, the, the Satanism thing on this, and they didn't investigate the crime. So, yeah, and eventually, um, because of that, I think a lot of evidence went missing. Uh, the dockets went missing eventually. Uh, till today, we couldn't find the original dockets. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know how and why did they do that on purpose or was it just a lack of, of, of interest or a lack of experience or what the situation is. But, um, yeah, um, then when I got into this case and I investigated the 2015-16 murders, eventually I I came upon the 2012 murders as well. And then I had to do all that investigation and taking statements from 2012 all over again. And that was a little bit difficult, yeah.
1: Sure. Well, I want to get into this 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 whole case and, and what it was all about because the title of the book... Uh, on the Devil's Trail is is a is a is an interesting title, and uh, you know there's there's been a, a I think there was a, a series made about it, uh, Devil's Dorp. So when we come back, we're going to chat a little bit more about that. My special guest is Ben Boyson, is the author on the de- of on the Devil's Trail: How I Hunted Down the Kruger's Dorp Killers. We'll be back in just a bit. You're listening to What's Involved with David Watts. Have you been
0: to our website? Check it out, www.whatsinvolved.com. And while you're there, click on the coffee mug icon and buy David a cup of coffee. He'll love it.
1: And we're back. What's involved it is. My guest is Ben Boysen, uh, author of On the Devil's Trail, How I Hunted Down the Krugersdorp Killers. Ben, give me a bit of a background about, uh, about this, this whole case um and set the scene for us so this was a series of of killings and and over a period of time what was the history there what what sort of happened and that that led them to needing somebody like you to go in and
2: investigate yeah the the main um, culprit in this case is um, Cecilia Stein and she got all these people around her um in believing that she's a satanist um, that came out of satanism and um, that she is looking after 150 um, orphans that uh, came from satanist mothers that was killed and uh, she needs to feed them and she needs to pay people to look after them and that's in America Um, and she can astro travel um, she can go out of her body and within um, two seconds she'll be in America and Look at the children and see if they are okay and stuff like that. And then she looked in this lady, Ria Grunewald. And um, yeah, eventually um, she also had a lot of um, other people inside her. And one of the people inside her was a little girl. And eventually, when this little girl wants something, uh, she was called Anya, um, then they need to give her a bottle like a baby, TT. Um, to suck on and stuff like that. And eventually this Ria didn't want to do all this stuff anymore because she, um, talked to, to Rex ben Dixon that was, was also one of the people that was killed. And, um, she, because she wanted to write to him uh, another book. Um, and then, um, Celia got very, very angry about it because um, she left, actually, Cecilia, and then Cecilia convinced all these people to commit murder um, and killed all the people around Ria to hurt Ria. So then they killed Natasha, who was um, Ria's right hand um, at the stage, and they killed Rex Ben Dixon. And um, eventually, um, Zach's wife was also killed. They tried to kill um, Ria's daughter and son, um, but luckily daughter was overseas and the son didn't uh, um became um killed so that was that was actually good and then Ria decided she she needs to leave the country uh, because she told um uh cecilia told her they also threw some bombs at some of the uh, meetings that she had Christian meetings that she had and when she left she told Maria um, that you think the bombs were was scary. People are going to die now. And then people start dying around Ria, and you know, Ria told the police at that stage everything that I've told you now, and um, yeah, um, I don't know what happened. Um, people were, were, were took into to custody, uh, um, looked after uh, the main guy who, who should have testified against them, human uh, and his girlfriend, uh, protective custody, and uh, eventually, Um, They tell them, though, they must leave. uh, But in the meantime, they lost their families, they lost their jobs, they lost their homes. So, yeah, and then the second killing spree just started because they needed money. So, um, yeah, because at that stage only um, Marinda was working and Zach Valentine was working and everybody around them was was eating from their salaries. And then um, they tried to rob the mayors and uh the mayors didn't have anything and at that scene also they become the main suspects because the vehicle was seen there and uh, eventually then zach decided that you need to, to be to disappear so he, he faked his own death by killing somebody else and then they needed to look after him because he's a diabetic and he's um dead now, so he, he must have somebody else's name, and they booked him into a place and eventually they ran out of money and then the the killing spree started um for looking for money so yeah it's it's wow. very odd people this yeah
1: it's it sounds it's, like very odd people and i mean i've I've been to to a lot, and I must be honest I'd, before I'd never known that it was actually it had a history um and it was called uh, uh, devil's, uh, what's it, Devil's Dorp, Devil's Town.
2: Yeah.
1: Was yeah. there a lot of satanic practices going on around there at that time? Because I remember, you know, a good couple of years ago, there was there was a lot going around about satanism, satanic practices, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, I'm a Benoni boy, and, and I remember growing up, uh, there was apparently also loads of satanism around the Benoni area, the mind dumps, etc., 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 And then it all suddenly seemed to fade away. But these guys took on a a totally different approach to stuff because um, I'm trying to figure out, even having gone through the book and read everything, my brain's still a, a muddle and I must take my hat off to you for sorting this all out because it's incredibly confusing about what the motivation was, what actually happened. Um, there's a, There's a part of the story, maybe we 'll get into it later, where, where one of the ladies used to um, get possessed or whatever, and there would be she would convulsions and blood coming out of her and all sorts of things like that. So now there you are, man alone, having to work your way through this absolute mess. how How did you start? I mean, because the killings were there were killings, and then they stopped for a bit. And then picked up again. And that's when it got quite, quite, uh, well, it got even more strange. Uh, and at one stage, I believe it was, the, the, they were called the, the appointment killings. Yeah.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. Um, you know what? There is a lot of Satanism still around on the West End and on Port Elizabeth and on the East End. But most of the Satanists does not Commit murders and stuff. You know they will, they will make a, a young girl pregnant, and they will um, jump on her to get the fetus out, and they will eat the fetus. Or they've got all this um, stupid um, rituals that they that they do. But if they commit murder, you can see that it, it it is a satanic ritual murder. But these murders were never satanic. These murders were actually brutal, but she convinced them out of the bible to do this. So this was not a a satanic um, cult, this was a Christian cult. Cecilia was the the only satanic person in this cult convincing these people out of Christianity to go and kill uh, uh, um, all the victims. That is what's the most strange about it. Um, If you went into Marinda's classroom it was only Bible verses against the, the wall. You will never say that he was a, a serial um, killer that um, loved to kill people and got a, a big kick out of it. Um, they arrested the two children of Miranda um, because when they draw the money of the, the appointment murders, the appointment murders was happening in the flat where Miranda was staying. And she was sleeping in the room where the killings actually happened. But they will took a person into the room and then they will she will point the firearm at them and then LaRue will bind them the hands and their, their feet. And then they will take their cards and then they will send um, the daughter down, Marcel, to go and look if the cards is working. And if the cards is working, then John Barnard was with her. And then she will use his phone to phone a mother and say the cart is working and when they get back at the flood then the people were killed already and then they will load it in the back of their vehicles and dumped. Um, so actually at this stage when I took over only the children's was arrested for being in possession of the, of the credit cards or the bank cards. Um, but their uh, explanation or myself explanation was that um, Nigerians gave it to a brother with the pin numbers, and they was they actually should just go and and draw money for the Nigerians. So that they were not really linked and um, linked hundred percent to the murders. So th- when I took over, Zach was arrested, and then I opened a, a, th- a fraud docket on on from discovery on the money that was supposed to be paid out to Cecilia, and then. Um, I I arrested them all on the fraud docket to get them out of of the public. And if there is any evidence that they can destroy that, they cannot destroy it. And luckily I did that because eventually somebody phoned me and said, go and search Cecilia Acha Maranda's classroom. And when I searched the classroom, eventually I found a lot of ammunition. And um, then I, I also had ammunition charts against them and Yeah, and then I found um, Marinda's new wool and uh, I went to to the jail and I went to speak to Lerua's son, and um, he was telling me how his mother loved him and his sister and uh, she will never drop them and everything like that. And then I turned uh, the um, wool around, put it in front of him and said, whose handwriting is it? And he said, it's my mother's. I said, okay, read how much your mother loved you. And his mother disowned him and his sister in that new world, and left everything to Cecilia. And so, yeah, that cracked him up totally. And then he starts spilling the beans. But wow. then also after that, I need also to go everything that he told me. I need to go and get evidence that what he tells me is the truth. And that was a little bit difficult, but uh, eventually I got everything.
1: Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit more about that. Uh, my special guest is Ben Boysen, uh, and he is uh, the author of On the Devil's Trail, How I Hunted Down the Krugersdorf Killers. I mean, when you think about it, you know, the group called themselves uh, Electus Per Deo, or Deus, I don't, I don't know how you pronounce it, but uh, chosen by God, and 11 people had had been murdered. We'll find out more from Ben when we come back. This is What's Involved. This is What's Involved. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. More next. And we're back with What's Involved, my special guest, Ben Boysen. We're uh, we talking about his book, On the Devil's Trail, How I Hunted Down the Kruger's Dorp Killers. Now, Ben, through, through all of this, you were still operating by yourself, am I correct?
2: Yes, I was still operating by myself. And I've got other cases also that was still on my name that I also need to get attention to. That was also running court. So yeah, it was a little bit difficult, but um, I managed to do it and um, yeah. But Ben, uh, why why this particular
1: case? Why did this have such an impact on you where, where you were so determined that you were gonna bring these people to justice?
2: You know, um, since I became a detective, all my cases is like that. Um you know, I, I, I used to work for um for the Hawks Anti-corruption unit, and I locked up a lot of policemen in all the ranks, um being committed to committing of uh, uh, um, corruption and and stuff like that. So it is in my genes to to lock up people that that is criminals or to see that they they is locked up. what they did so it's not especially just this case um that that i did it um but the the thing that that got that actually worked on my on my health during this case was um i never had um always a a police vehicle to do the work sometimes I, i i needed to work with my own private vehicle and um yeah and sometimes like you know every time the court was in session I needed to serve two hundred and fifty-two subpoenas um, to all the witnesses, and I was running around on that, and I was running around on my other cases, and I was battling with transport, and I was battling with office space, and I was battling with senior officers that didn't believe what is going on, and um, trying to um, derail the case, and. I was um, running around uh, knowing there's a, a heat on my life uh, of a million dollar um, rand. If somebody killed me, uh, they will get a million rand and you know, all that little stuff um, in your, in your back. And eventually I got um, sick uh, with pneumonia um, and I didn't went to the doctor and I didn't book off sick. And just one morning when I woke up, I couldn't speak and. I was totally, totally ill, and my wife just said, you're going to the doctor today with your illness or your foot, and I was looking at my foot. I said, but there's nothing wrong with my foot, and she told me I'm going to fucking shoot you, but today you go to the doctor. Yeah, and then um took me up uh, to the doctor. They took me to hospital immediately, and then I've got an uh, over, oversized heart. Um, yeah, so. <laughs> wow. but But um, today, I'm much better, yeah.
1: Well, th- th- that's good to hear, and, and I'm glad uh, she didn't end up shooting you. But Ben, these, these, these people, I mean, it still boggles my mind how one woman can, can kind of, I don't know, brainwash all of these other people. I mean, w- were they mentally unstable? The, what was the reason? Because, you know, I mean, you, you kill 11 people, there's got to be a problem
2: yeah yeah you must remember i only can prove 11 people i uh, also got other um, cases that i knew that they were involved but they were too old to to link them to wow. to prove to a court that they killed these people so it's not just 11 people it's more than 11 people but you know it's like any cult leader um you know overseas uh, in big um um churches somebody some priest um, start convincing the whole of the congregation that they need to kill themselves. And eventually, you know, there's a mass murder or a mass suicide. And it's the same, yeah, you know, she she brought them into a uh, inner circle. They weren't allowed to see other family. They weren't allowed to have any other uh, friends. And with all the manners that she's got that she needs 48 hours, uh, or 24 hours protection every day from the devil because the devil wants to rape her, and uh, a father uh, wants to rape her through a, a, a spook, what's a ghost, um, and all that kind of stuff. She brought him into the circle and inner and inner and she only um, showed him um, movies about serial killers and stuff like that. And so she she played with their mind for a for a long time. So eventually when she started telling them to do stuff, they, they so much believed in her. And she showed them videos where she walked on water, but it's stuff that she took from from movie scenes. Because in the movie scenes, you can't see the face of this person walking on the water. And she will show them, there's, there's I'm, I'm walking on water. And she will show them that she, she can change from a person to a wolf and yeah, and, and, and actually, this is very clever people. Marinda's IQ is 140. Her daughter's got six distinctions in the trick. Zach Valentine, um, cum laude, he's, he's, he studies at university. Um, so it's not stupid people. She's, she's actually the only one that's got standard seven and she totally, um, you know, took their minds. Wow.
1: That's, now, was she the same one that did the blood
2: coming out of the mouth
1: and that, that later also got found out to be not true?
2: Yeah, she's, she's the one that um, um, on high nights, they call it high nights, that is all the special dates in the, in the satanic uh, calendar. Then on the high nights, the, the devil will come and, and, and rape uh, because the devil wants to impregnate her uh, with his baby. She even got a, 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 a marriage certificate that she produced uh, to them where she and the devil got married. And, um, and then she will cut uh, uh, um, plastic gloves. She will take the, fingerprint, the finger uh, uh, of plastic gloves and she will draw her own blood and put it inside there. And, and then she will put it in, into her mouth when they don't see it. And then... When the devil, because I, I, when she's laying there on the ground and crawling and and being thrown against the wall and stuff like that, and then she starts biting this um, rubber gloves, um, and then the blood will come out and then she will spew uh, sp- uh, sp- uh, blood and yeah, and uh, while the children is laying on the bed in the same room, looking at what's happening to their mother and shouting devil please don't take my mother and yeah it's actually sick um that's why i never showed the i night videos also in in the high court um because i didn't want the public and the people inside the court to 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 see that what she actually also did to her children being um having her children in the same room where the devil wants to rape her that's that's actually very very sick
1: no ben it, it is and and we're going to wrap it up when I come back, and 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 just find out about the aftermath of everything, um, and then just talk a little bit about how you are doing. This is What's Involved, my special guest Ben Boyson, author of On the Devil's Trail: How I Hunted Down the Kruger'sdorp Killers. Back to wrap it up in just a bit. We'll be right back with more What's
0: Involved. David would love to hear from you. To leave a voice message, visit watsonvolved.com and click Drop Me a Voice
1: Note. And we're back with Ben Boyson, wrapping it up. Um, so Ben, eventually, and, and I didn't want to dive too much into the book because it, it's, it's, it's a fascinating read. It's something I'm going to need to read again, though, to make sure I understand everything that happens there. But eventually, they were convicted. How many, how many people were convicted and, and what and for how long?
2: Okay, there were six that was convicted. Uh, The seventh one was killed. Um, um, Zach's um, wife that was with him when he killed um, Natasha Berger and and Pani Joy, Uh, she was killed eventually because she didn't want to go forward with all the killings. So the rest of them are six. It's um, Marinda and the two children, Zach Valentine, John Barnard and Cecilia Stein. Um they all got convicted between all of them they've got um thirty nine life sentences and two thousand and thirty five years i think <laughs> i think it's it's one of the biggest sentences also in the in the history of south africa and I think in prior ninety four uh I would have gone um six um hanging poles because these people would have been hanged prior ninety four so yeah and there's also a, a A high case court where where the only high case court in in the history of South Africa where people were found guilty on murder and racketeering, so it's it's never happened in in the history of our country uh, before this.
1: Wow. Now, Ben, would you say? I mean, if if you you and you've met and dealt with these people, um, that Cecilia, for example, was just inherently
2: evil. She's still inherently evil. Um, I saw a bad side only once when I took a warning statement and out of the blue, I've told her that um, Zach had sex with his wife before she was killed and she became another person, you know. you can see the, the hate and the devilish in her eyes. Um, it, it looks like she's going to attack me. But then somebody w- w- walked into the room where I was busy taking a warning statement and she, tra- she changed back to a normal self. Um, yeah, she's pure evil. Zach Valentine is pure evil. Uh, Marinda is pure evil. John Barnard was in the wrong place in the wrong time. And yeah the children was brought up in that evilness. Um, and that is their normal. Um, because since they, you know, since they 10 years old, nine years old, 10 years old, they were in, in this woman's, um, vicinity. So they grew up with this, um, occult videos and murder videos and being taken to, to some of the murder scenes, um, uh, Marcel when she was very, very young and, um, yeah, they grew up. So I don't know eventually. I think they they can be released maybe in 25 years' time. Um, but, you know, being then in jail for 25 years, what are you going to do uh, when you came out? That's going to be difficult. It's, it's another life, it's another world. So it's going to be difficult for to to adapt in a normal society. Yeah.
1: Now, Ben, you mentioned two things. Number one, when you health, you said you're okay now, but there was uh, also the question of this hit that was out uh, on your life. Was this was this part of this case or was this something else?
2: But it was part of this case. I was also busy with another case at that stage. I was investigating uh, Robert Linkenberg's murder. And also there was a hit um, out on me, but also on one of my, my daughter's. And um, yeah, but I, I saw that that quickly in, in court with the suspect and um, his lawyer, and that stopped immediately. But eventually um, when I sent all these people to jail, uh, it came to my attention from people that was in jail with um, Cecilia Stein that Cecilia wanted my youngest daughter to be killed to to punish me for what I did to them. So my youngest daughter is not staying in the same town as as, uh, as me anymore.
1: Sure, oh, that is terrible. But now it's done. I mean, there's a series out of it. It, it was a horrific time. But what, where are you, Ben? Are you are you okay now? And, and you know, are you are you retired? what, what what's Ben doing now?
2: Yeah, at this stage, <laughs> Ben is only doing radio and TV TV interviews um, about the killings and stuff. Um, I don't want to do private investigation because I don't think it's fair to the community of South Africa that they need a private investigator to investigate the murders of, of their families and loved ones. I think that still is the work of the police that they need to do. They get a salary for that. And I can't take somebody's money, um, and investigate a murder, um, in this. There's actually a unit, um, in the police force that's supposed to do that. And at the end of the day, even if I catch the killer or, um, say this is the killer, I can't arrest the killer. I can't take the killer to court. I need to give every evidence back to the police, and um, yeah, and what is the police going to do with it at the end of the day? So it's out of my hands, and I don't want to put myself in that position that uh, I I'm taking people's money and I and I can't produce um, and send a, a murderer or a robber or something to jail because mm. it's it's not my 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 job anymore.
1: Now. And in either one of the interviews or in the book, I recall that you said this is just one story and you have many other stories. Is there more books on the horizon? Are we going to hear more from uh, Ben Boyson about some of your other stories?
2: Yeah, I, I eventually will write a, another book on, on my other investigations. And, and I did a lot of investigation, killings, robberies, um suicides and stuff um i'll probably eventually will will write another book but at this stage um while my wife is still in the police i will not write uh, another book ah i can understand that ben it wraps it up for for for
1: us thank you so much for taking the time out and uh having a chat to us um it's i'm amazed that that you are still a sane rational normal person after going through just this part of your job. And uh, I think I'm not alone in saying thank you for everything that you, you've done and particularly for the families of the victims, et cetera, et cetera, in bringing these people to justice. And, uh, well, we do hope they never get out. But, uh, Ben, thank you so much.
2: Thank you very much for the opportunity. I appreciate it a lot.
1: There we go. That wraps it up. Uh, ben Boyson, my guest there on the Devil's Trail. Uh, It's available in most good bookstores and I'm pretty sure you can get it online as well. It is, yeah, it's a challenging read, but it's a good read. And uh, just the fact of what these people could do is absolutely mind-blowing. Anyway, as I said, it wraps it up uh, for this edition of What's Involved. To Each and every one of you, look after yourselves, take care, and thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to What's Involved.
0: We hope this episode inspires you to find your passion and live your dream. Don't forget to rate, review, and share the podcast. And to see what's happening, what's going on, and what's coming, follow What's Involved on Facebook and Twitter at What's Involved. Thanks again for listening.